Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Churros y Tacticas podcast. It is Tuesday, September 7th, just after 9 a.m. Eastern. As I've mentioned to our patrons on Friday, I'm still on the no caffeine kick. So um, I'm actually a little bit better than I was on Friday, but I still have that brain fog thing going on in my brain. So um, I'm here, Kian Sabani, joined by Diego Lorin. Diego, how are you on this fine Tuesday? I'm good, Kian. It's a, a, one of those random midweek days off in my case. So um, we had, of course, planned to have Graham Hunter on. However, that one is, again, uh, needs taking a rain check. Uh, Graham has an interview right around, well, in 45 minutes' time with the Aston Villa manager. Um, and we're going to reschedule and reconvene to record on another day uh, soon. So raid check on the Graham thing. Now, um, Kian, you talked about your clogged up brain due to the, your lack of caffeine intake. Uh, you were going in fourth gear. You were steering your way towards next Friday pod, uh, seeing as there was no juices inspiring the old Kian Sobani brain cells when it came to football topics. I said, Gra- I said Graham, I said, Kian. Now's the time where we need to kick it into fifth gear, my friend. We got to get something out. There's plenty of stuff to talk about. There's actually has been a lot happening in the world of football and not just on the pitch, uh, primarily off the pitch or some on the pitch as well. If you watched, uh, tuned in to watch the Brazil Argentina game, uh, I think we saw four minutes of action before that game got stopped in the historic ways. Uh, that in and of itself easily would fill up uh, at, at least an hour pod, let alone half hour. But um, a lot happening off the pitch as well. A lot of people talking in the media. That's what these international breaks are for, of course. Uh, you had Gerard Piquet with some very interesting statements. You had Joan Laporta on uh, na- Catalan national TV yesterday with some very juicy uh, 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 yeah, topics of its own. Um, as well as, uh, why not, Al-Khalifi and uh, Shefeldin, who were at the, the European Club 
the Association of European Clubs, I think the, uh, the, the, the organization is called. Anyway, they were out in the press uh, and had their own things to say. So we're going to be talking about that. Aguero, mm. Aguero's comments made the rounds too about trading sessions in England and you know showing up an hour before yeah. in England and that was the normal thing. Yeah. And when he does it at Barcelona, no one's there. I, that, I, mean, I, I felt like that was more of like just like a conversational piece that came out and it wasn't meant to be a Barca slander thing. That was my interpretation of it, but I'm curious to know what you think. Well, it, 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 you're right. He did say it in, in a conversational tone. He says it on you know this Twitch channel that he sort of uh, part on or he appears on. Ibai is, is one of them. I mean, he's a very famous personality in the world of gaming, in the world of Twitch. Uh, he's very close with all the football players. You've seen regularly with Gerard Piqué, Kuhn. Uh, he was even there side by side, Messi in the tunnel on the day of his uh, PSG presentation. So you can just imagine how close this, this, this guy, this personality, uh, is uh, you know with 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 top players with Ramos as well. Um, so um, the point being is that yes, he was having he was streaming alongside of Kun Aguero, and Kun mentioned to him how difficult uh, he finds the traffic here in, in Barcelona. How it, it, it doesn't the, the rules don't seem to make sense to him. The rules of the the streets traffic streets of, of Barcelona. Uh, so we were talking about, you know, an, 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 an exchange that he had with a cab driver. Uh, and in that tone, a very conversational tone, as you mentioned, he also mentioned the differences in training. Now, those statements again leave Barca in a very, you know, in a, in, in a disappointing light. You know, when these things are said uh, and you read them or commented by, in, in, in this case, the newsroom, you do feel like a slap of the head uh, moment because um, it's similar to when Malcolm went to, uh, where did he go to, to, to over east um, and talked about how training sessions are really only 45 minutes long or, you know, these things have come out time and time again over the past few years, several seasons uh, during the Valverde era. It's, and, and I guess they continue now with, with these kind of things where you're like, well, <laughs> who was this Paletti as well that, could, that, that talked about how if Inter would, would have the same practice sessions as uh, Inter Milan, as Barca, they would concede nine goals every single game. He's like, you know, we don't have those kind of training sessions here. Uh, and, and those are just things you start to question the intensity of it all, the, the seriousness behind this, this project uh, and, and the intent of the player, the motivation that's there, the fighting spirit and all that, the professionalism. So anyway. was also, who was... Um... Uh, Junior Firpo, when he went to Leeds, he said something like, mm-hmm. you know, when he went, Firpo talked about it. Yeah. They were yeah. talking about, like, you know, like here in the first week, I've seen more film of myself than I have oh, in my, my entire God. career at Barcelona. That's exactly like, what he said. That's yeah, exactly the, what he said. The film, the film sessions, all the training. I mean, we know, like, in England, the training sessions are a little bit more vigorous. Now, I'm curious to know. Is that an English league thing? Is that a, is, will that be based on, because like, you look at the managers in, in England. You know, not all of them are, are British managers, you know, like you have plenty right. of outside of influence. So yeah. is that a league successful thing? Is that a managerial thing? Like what's what's going on there? Why is it is it is this just uh, Well look, we know we know it's not a, a league thing. We know it's a managerial thing because uh, your peps, your clubs, um, you know, your mm, 
Yeah. Well, so should we put Mourinho in the mix? Like, well, not, while no, in Spain, no longer, you have uh, psychopaths like Marcelino who weigh you we every that, single day and the training sessions are vigorous. You know, you have Ancelotti is a little bit more relaxed on that as opposed to right. somebody like Zidane. And so, like, it's a little bit, it will de- definitely be based on the manager. But, um, you know, so I, I, to be honest, like, I I don't know how much Aguero meant that as like, this is a bad thing. It's just more of like, I showed up an hour before and no one was there because I'm just used to doing that in England. Right. Um, and kind of, stuff it doesn't leave it in a, in a good light. And yeah, the intensity, you start to question the intensity of it and, and that's unintentional perhaps, but it's pointing out an obvious, I think, uh, element that's missing there. Yeah. Um, what stood out to you about the PK interview? Were there, were I mean, there look, part, lot, bits and parts of it that you like you really took away from like this is I'm glad he said this or this was controversial or this this I didn't know about like the Shakira Pep thing I did have look, no you, idea about. You talk about intensity and that's in in particular why I mentioned Pep Guardiola because that's the first name that came to mind when we talked about um you know, this intensity or lack thereof rather currently. And uh, one of the things, one of the well-known things, of course, that is now publicly being admitted by players uh, is the tension that existed in the final stretch of Pep Guardiola's career time at Barca. Um, And there were, you know, so many instances that have been mentioned. Uh, The Messi opening a a soft drink sort of during a team meeting, knowing that uh, it was prohibited, right, to have soft drinks under uh, Guardiola's regime. Um, very strict on diet. Does that include uh, diet said, soda? he wanted to control everything. Hmm? Can they have diet soda, zero cows? No sodas, no sodas. Not even the, the aspartame ones, zero calorie? Look, I don't know. You have to ask Pep himself. But my understanding is no sodas. Okay. No sodas means no sodas. Club soda, uh, Schweppes? Yeah, Anna. I mean... Tonic, I walk on gas. I would hope so, man. And that's a fundamental uh, ingredient or a drink, of course, with your meals here in Spain. This yeah. is my contribution to today's podcast. Just <laughs> throwing bullshit at you while you're talking. Sorry, that's right. No, but so, you know, Pep is obviously the first coach that you think of when somebody who's ultra, uh, you know, wants to micromanage, ultra controlling over his players. Um, also the timings and... You know, Piquet said that, look, there was a moment when the tension just became too much. And according to Gerard, that was when he started to uh, date music artist Shakira, his, of course, now wife and mother of his, uh, what is it, two, no, three kids? Yes, three kids, I think. My wife would know, probably. Right. Um, So... uh, That that I mean that's that that stood out to me because for me not that everything changed there but I think there was a fundamental shift in the at least in the uh, weight and and the um, I guess the power that the dressing room had the players had over the coaches since then if you if you look the coaches that have uh, you know proceeded the, since the departure of Pep it's um, Tito of course may he rest in peace and he did very well. Uh, but not necessarily somebody that I would imagine would have had the authority over the dressing room that Pep had. Uh, Tata Martí, well, we know what happened there. Um, Luis Enrique tried and did and did, did until that faithful day. And was it Eibar where he left, I want to say Neymar on the bench, and I might be getting this completely wrong. I, th- I think it was a, a, a Eibar. Um, 
where the dressing room started to turn on Luis Enrique and, you know, we're, you know, basically saying, look, we are the ones that really carry the weight here or at least make the decisions. And you can't make these kind of decisions because we're, you know, they're, they're going to come back and haunt you and turn against you. Uh, and therefore your time when the club will be short lived. Um, because we all know that the first, when things go wrong, the first person to go is always the coach. Right. Uh, and there was that moment which, you know, blew up in the media where Luis Enrique checked with Messi if he wanted to come off or not. And Messi said, no, no, uh, that blew up in me like, ah, oh, you know, I mean, Messi's clearly the one here making all the decisions. And it was all MSN. And I don't think Luis Enrique necessarily got the credit that he deserved neither for just how well that team played and executed and, and dominated, controlled their games. Uh, it was uh, all MSN until things went wrong. And then it became Luis Enrique and, and, and therefore his departure as well. Uh, subsequently to that, of course, uh, Valverde. Well, we know that, that that was, I mean, the ultimate gift to the, to the dressing room, to the Barca heavyweights, to these guys that wanted to be more in control of, of you know, their, their day-to-day and felt that they had done the necessarily, the necess- had the necessary success to uh, kind of, I guess, determine uh, as well how intense they take their trainings and, and what happens when. And uh, I mean, so many things change as well within the club, I would say then as well. Um, but... Did PK uh, comment on Aguero's comment? By the way, I didn't see that. I feel like maybe it was the hour. I don't know. I don't think he did. Something was it? Oh, but uh, but he didn't comment. I don't know hour. if he did. I, that was a very good question. I would love to know. I have to read it, read it, or watch it in its entirety. Um, because yeah, I would love to know. But just to finish that, Valverde, Setien, um, and now yeah. Kuman, of course. So, uh, you know, Rono Kuman, I think, is in an interesting situation because the club or, the, the you know, the team club, everything is, is hit rock bottom. And we've all got to make sacrifices now to work our way back up to the top. And Kuman at least is somebody that is respected, that is authoritative, authoritative um, and is not scared to neither, as he showed it this time, Valencia in particular, to put aside the old guard and the heavyweights, the Baca Sagradas, of the dressing room and instead uh, give way to the new guard. Easier now, I mean, uh, to some degree, Kules would like him to be more obviously brave uh, in, 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 in apostar, in betting on the, these young guns, giving them more minutes. Uh, they're, they, they, they find him a little bit too, I guess, half-stepping in that sense, still prioritizing perhaps uh, maybe the bigger names. Players, a lot of people now are scared that, that Coutinho will get excessive minutes for the sake of being called Coutinho. Um, and, and, of course, the, the heavy burden of his price tag and, and, and things, and that, that might hinder the progress, therefore, for the, the younger players in the midfield, depending where he could, he could put Coutinho up top as well, but it may be still obstruct. He's not a – can I just interject? He's not a bad yeah. player. I mean, he's, he's obviously – we but measure him at a certain price tag. And, you know, do you mm. remember, like, when he first signed for Barcelona, his first couple of games, he actually was a really nice fit. You know, the way he roamed – in the middle of, of that left half space, cutting in the way Iniesta did, obviously not on that level, but it was at least encouraging. And um, he's not a bad player if we give him a chance. I'm, I wouldn't be too worried about that from your perspective because Pedri is just better than him and Pedri's there in that position, right? 
unless you have but as like a pedri backup it's not a bad option to have like if you if you just disregard the money aspect and how much he's costing you in a vacuum he's a good player to have off the bench like he's not it's not a huge it's not a huge deal right and now he's part of the squad you couldn't get rid of him so he's there well, he's there. I mean, but that's the thing. The, the squad is still too deep. Uh, I think, you know, it was said that um, I think officially we have 24 players registered, but it still stretches out to, I think, 26 at least. Uh, we had 31, of course, uh, at some point in the preseason. That includes uh, Kuhn, right? <clears throat> it includes Kuhn as Who well. It looks yeah. like he will, he will be registered eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point we can all safely assume that at least he will play a game with Barca because the way he talks that would not happen. Um, so when he is ready, he could, yeah, I'm expecting him to play. Um, all this to say that, you know, control, the, the, the authority of the manager, I think is fundamental. I think the players recognize it themselves as well. I think things went a little bit too far for too long. Um, and that's not to say, I think that the authoritative approach drains quickly. But that's a different topic, you know, you're, you're, you should then wonder, well, sh who do you turn more often? Should it be the role players turning more and you have your stars, let's say your superstars, and you just continuously build around them and, and, and sort of exprimir, you, 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 you kind of drain out these role players for as much as possible, make them play at their highest level for as long as possible, because Pep was very let's say, if you want to say, use the word lenient or, or, or uh, respectful of Messi not pressing at some point, you know, it was not the 11 players or the 10 players rather full on pressing, you know, for the entire duration of 90 minutes. We did see Messi switch on and off and Pep understood perfectly that that is necessary. However, the problem becomes or the problem starts to exist when you have too many superstars that simply will not follow the orders of the head coach and, and if he's demanding you know a, a, a full pressing style of play if you have three players that are not chasing that are not tracking back that are not putting in the defensive effort to regain possession to help out um you know then your approach needs to be different um yeah. and that can i can i say diego that's by the yeah. way is part of the reason why msn is almost underrated to me even mm. though we know their greatness, like, okay, so it really depends on the fit, right? If you pair Messi with, let's say, Hazard and Asensio, you're going to get ripped apart because none of those three players are going to defend. If you, but right. you paired Messi right. with Neymar and Suarez and Neymar like defended like a madman with Barca up and down the flank. Suarez is an animal. He's like, he's just going to put in every ounce of energy he has like, that's not, I, and I don't know, like, that's why, like, I don't know if you saw, but Ronaldo Nazario had an interesting comment over the weekend where he said that, you know, like, everyone's talking about PSG. Like, look, I, I played in the Galacticos. We never won a Champions League together. Yeah, I read the, that. the five of us. I mean, obviously, they won before he got there. But, um, which, like, you know, th there's other reasons for that. Obviously, it's because they just did not invest in any defensive-minded players and there was no balance. And PSG has a little bit more balance than that Galactico team had, but you know, I, I think about it like this, like we, you and I had talked about MSN is a better version of right now, what PSG's front three is. And they had a better supporting cast in this PSG team. Now that team did win one champions league with Lucho, but I'm, it definitely wasn't like 
they weren't, it was never a given, like it was not a sure thing with them. And that's why I'm still kind of skeptical about this PSG project also because it relies on health, but that was the deviation. Sorry. No, no, it just surprised me. And, and, and I hear what you say. I read that as well. And I think he obviously has a, a very fair point and it is to be seen, uh, even though all of us coolers are very pessimistic about it and are dreading the image of Messi hoisting the Champions League trophy with another shirt, let alone PSG. Uh, but what stood out to me, just the Neymar uh, and the, his defensive um sacrifices so to so to speak that you were that impressed uh not many here were i mean i think uh, jordi alba would have They're something wrong. to say about well, that alba's wrong too the, <laughs> neymar like he would actually track like a madman and work really hard off the ball uh like so like in his first that, couple in his first two seasons i think yes it's true that barca's pressing as a whole was not as aggressive as it was under pep but you know, they just had to change the style of play. They couldn't. They they just weren't pressing as much as they they were. And naturally, you know, you can, I guess, but um, because the, the players are different, and as you said, the superstars are, are different, and and you know, you want to conserve the energy in different ways, especially with Messi. But um, so an- another thing, um, and and I want to sort of jump topic here because it's something I really do want to address on the, the pod. And we've been asked about it about the Super League. We asked we were asked about it on Friday. And that was prior to these uh, statements. And at the, that time, I forget who our patron was, but I didn't really, uh, or you and I really didn't delve much into the topic again, because for me, it was sort of a chapter that is on, not closed, but still being written. And it was a little bit on a hiatus. There was a writer's break, so to speak, because we didn't really hear much about it. So my opinions hadn't changed much neither. Uh, now, uh, Laporta, like I said, Juan Laporta, uh, Barca president, was on a local, uh, local television station and on program, on TV program. And, um, well, he addressed the rumor whether or not they attempted or he attempted to sign Neymar over the summer. And he actually admitted that, yes, we did uh, establish contact with, contact with the intent of seeing if Neymar would be willing to uh, come back to, uh, to Barca. And as we keep hearing time and time again, uh, the uh, response, initial response from the Neymar camp, Neymar always seems super enthusiastic and willing and dying to come back. Because uh, also, Joan Laporta said, uh, yes, he said, uh, you know, he, he he's very eager to come back to Barca. Um, and what happened? Well, besides obviously the whole financial aspect and he did address the fact that this was before he was fully aware of the the, the financial situation uh and that um you know that his decision decision would have been another one uh, had he known that obviously after the audit um but he said at the time it, it immediately became a no-go because Neymar, Neypai, right, as he's called, uh, Neypapa, Neypadre, Neymar Padre, the dad of Neymar, um, got the very uh, um, luscious, voluptuous, delicious, juicy gift of 20 million euros deposited in his bank account. Now, how do you compete with that? You know these 20 million are not on record in 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 the the club record anyway uh because this was a gift from uh you know the people the good people the fine people over in qatar and 
you know, we heard also Shefreen uh, and Al Khalifi talk in this uh, so, this clubs association thing yesterday, where Al Khalifi was asking Shefreen sitting next to him uh, for more flexible rules on financial fair play, uh, and you just wonder, like, what, how, how is it, how is it possible that there's a club out of nowhere? that now is in a position where they can reject 200 million euros even though this player is gone they they will give up uh you know any sort of income and uh, massive income for that matter near record-breaking income for a transfer of a player and they can just simply give up on that uh you know retain him against the player's wish and retain players desperate or wishing to leave by simply depositing large sums of money to the agents families bank accounts and it's uh it does come up you know you're like why I, I i with all this information at hand known to the public we're all able to you know take our make our own decisions and draw our own decisions and, and obviously i respect them all and i learn from 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 most of them however for me to completely dismiss the argument of a Super League being a good thing uh, by arguing that football's for the fans and all these cliches and these sob stories that we hear that really just are a bunch of hypocrisies. Um, you know, why is this not more of a topic and why is there not more people actually arguing, arguing for the Super League or at least hearing it out and recognizing and, and uh, you know, addressing publicly that clubs like PSG have to be like they have to be stopped in or at least you know abide by rules abide by the rules that we all have to abide by uh and understand that yes you know barca and real madrid are not owned by uh, uh you know they're public they're owned by the members right they're not private associations um privately owned but at some point kian i think you and i were gonna have to discuss start discussing the topic on a podcast the very re realistic possibility that one day we will be talking about Barca and Real Madrid being privately owned clubs because if not I don't see how we can continue and even though, though you know uh, of course it's good for a club like Real Madrid to be able to offer up those 200 million and, and it's almost silly right it's crazy money if you think about it for a player that has just 10 months left on its contract you're like just wait it out where did you even like and, and I saw who was it on the BBC um ah shit ex-England manager, manager of Sunderland as well. I forget his name, but he's saying, like questioning where these 200 million come from. And it's really quite easy. Florentino has not been, you know, making massive purchases. He has been splashing money on, on silly young talent, uh, but not like we've seen in the Galactico days. Madrid has been selling very high. Uh, and look, I don't know the details as to how they scrape the money together, but I'm pretty sure uh, the numbers can be added up. And I'm, I'm sure the fine uh, a journalist uh, behind Managing Madrid will be able to give me an answer right away to that question. How, you know, by doing the math, how they how you got the 200 million. Um, but it's like but the point being, Kian, is that I'm trying to make is that was hard earned money. You know, that was money scraped together uh, by sales uh by 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 lowering the salary cap uh you know and on all those kind of things by getting rid of players with large contracts um 
and not just simply, you know, given like this by uh, some massive, you know, tycoon and, 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 and ultra elite, um, you know, affluent person or, or state or whatever you want to call it, the Russian oligarch, etc. Uh, so anyway, and, and, and that, that is to link it all together. That's why I think the Super League uh, should be a very real discussion. I'm happy to see that, that Madrid, Barca, Juventus are still, uh, with the intention of putting something together on the table that allows, you know, these great clubs, historic clubs to continue to be relevant in the conversation of, of the acquisition of big players, etc. So. I would say no to Real Madrid and Barcelona ever being owned to private clubs. I just don't. The downside of it is greater than, uh, like, the downside is what happens to Valencia under Peter Lim. The downside is what I think is going to come with PSG also in a few years. Like when they pull that money out, that that team is just going to get gutted. I, there's a there's a collapse waiting there. You think it's a happen. bubble? Yeah, for hmm. sure. I I don't. That's not going to be something that like. I don't think 15, 20 years from now, we're going to be talking about PSG still in that, in that light. But answer this question. How do you expect us to compete then? Well, it needs a, a systemic overhaul. Like the, there shouldn't be like, it's a legal thing, right? The fact that PSG are allowed to deposit money in a family's bank account and they're allowed to turn down 200 million. It's because then they're in a position basically where money does literally grow on trees for them. And they have, they have, have zero they have zero care about where the money goes and what happens to it. it they, they don't care if it gets burned in flames or if it goes into Neymar's father's account. Mm-hmm. So the, the only solution to me is basically look at the NBA model. It needs like everyone has a salary cap and you can only go over the salary cap if you're willing to dip into the luxury tax and not everyone's going to dip into the luxury tax unless they have a chance to compete with a real roster. Like now I know like that is not easily, you can't copy and paste that exactly, but and the NBA has its problems too. It's not flawless. Like bigger markets like Los Angeles can dip into luxury tax because they will generally have higher power to attract stars and they have stars, more justification fans, to do that. Fan base. Right. Um, but it needs at least some structure right now. The structure doesn't exist. Financial fair play wasn't designed to be fair. It was designed so teams don't go bankrupt. So PSG doesn't have a, right. they don't, they don't have the issue of going bankrupt. So they don't have to play fair with anybody. They can just put all the money and they're like, Oh, we're, we're under the guidelines because we're not in danger of going under. Right. So it needs to, and the problem is no one trusts UEFA to be the ones to come up with this system, especially when Al Khalifi is their little pet pet because he's the one who, who stood up to the super league and didn't join it. And he's the one giving money to their putting money in their pockets i don't have proof of that part but i think we can all at least assume oh, it they're not earning you mean money's money in the pockets of who the shakes no no like separate no no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. right 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 yeah yeah that's a big statement but uh let's not put look but, let's not as, let's yeah. not let's not pretend like that can't be a possibility when they're bending no, over see, seeing PSG. how things were run and dealt in uh, within the fifa you know that that is not a stretch yeah, and the, the imaginations yeah and the track record that's what that i mean we we're yeah. there yeah 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 so it needs an overhaul and <laughs> well that but yeah I don't or know. we just but, have and, to and wait all... for all these players to become like this is the thing if <laughs> 
thing is, once the change happens or wh whatever change might happen, uh, it might be too late for Barca or, you know, a Juve or a Madrid even, as unimaginable no, as it is. Not necessarily. How much did Xavi, Iniesta, Puyol, Piquet, Messi cost you? How much does Pedri cost you? Like you guys have all, you guys have a good youth youth pool you can draw from. You know, I'm obviously. But how 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 can we enjoy the youth when teams even like Leipzig are able to snipe away our talent um, because they have bigger presupuestos, bigger budgets, more money. You know, Barca has always in and has been in danger in the danger of that. The lure was you get to play for Barca and still have a good contract but the money that they're offering uh, you know abroad is just it's it's too much for a generation uh, in an age of of we're living in an age of instant gratification and i don't just mean that with players but but the people surrounding the players you know they it's uh money 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 man and you know they have a lot of power over the players and maybe even the players themselves are, are more attracted to the lure of the quick bling and the quitting the nice cash um, yeah, but I, you have to remember that if Laporta was your president over the past four years and not Bartomeu, you wouldn't have been in this position, right? You, it wouldn't have no, been as yeah, right. Like Messi would have still been a Barcelona player because all of these right. these are all dominoes that this is why he's leaving. It's, it's things that happened years ago, right? Leading up to it. Mm. So you would have had Messi still. You may have, who knows, you may have had Neymar still. I don't know. I can't promise you that part, but but maybe you wouldn't be able to. Probably not. Probably not because it's PSG, but you get my point. Like the, you're you're able to hold and retain stars and pay them and sign stars way way better than the situation now because of Bartomeu, you know, screwed you guys over, and that's why Real Madrid's situation isn't as bad as you guys is financially because because Florentino was there. So um, it's pretty stunning, though. I, I, what I always wonder as well is would we have been in this situation had Bartomeu. Uh, been more responsible or just simply manage the Neymar transfer better and by that I mean the funds received the funds you know the 222 yeah. millions yeah. yeah and it reminds me I was I was gonna ask Graham on a pod today uh, as I was preparing for our, our, our you know interview slash chat um you know it, what parallels can be drawn between how badly Gaspar fumbled the Figo funds and uh Bartomeu the Neymar funds and 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 you know yeah yeah. So I think there are, there are definitely similarities. And it's always, way, always be a, a what if situation. That's the benefit of being a public company. You can vote out Bartomeu. Imagine if it was a privately owned company and Bartomeu was just forever there. <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah, downside, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, there was one thing that PK said that was interesting to me that I, hmm. uh, you, you didn't touch on, but I thought was important. And if I'm a Barca fan, I'm happy he said it was he called out the socios like he was talking about Umtiti and like he doesn't understand why Umtiti is getting booed because he, he never has missed a workout or a training session and he's trying. Um, and it's not his fault. He was given that contract. It's Bartomeu's fault. And that's the socios fault for voting Bartomeu in. I thought that was a really good. I'm not aligned with PK a lot of the times. I, I laugh you are, actually. Him. It seems that you say that more often than I hear you disagree with PK. You, you like PK. You, and you agree with him. With him. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, Kia. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Okay, PK, I love you. <laughs> I want a double date with me, you, PK, and Ramos. <laughs> 
I thought it was an important comment to make because uh, and I, do you so okay here's my question do you think that the fans will actually react to that comment in a way that no. they'll ease, no, they won't no because care? everybody agrees look all he did was point out an obvious point and so one that that we've addressed as well or that no I'm saying do you um, think fans will stop booing MTT now after he oh said like that? oh okay yeah I think definitely definitely you'll you'll hear one or two and then it'll it'll fade away yeah. Absolutely. So that's why I thought it was an important comment and and, the, and a correct point. Yeah. 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 So um, that's funny. I uh, I didn't think we have that much to talk about today. And I, ah, I told you, man, we got plenty. We got plenty. Right. And and we that's yeah, we're good. But and we didn't even talk about the Brazil Argentina thing, which my dad right. was texting me like mad. I, at that point, I was actually putting my kid to bed, and mm-hmm. I was having a very tough time doing so. I had a very serious father son conversation about mm-hmm. how important it is to go to bed early. He's got to back get back into the school rhythm. That the summer clock is over. It's no more late nights. Party's over. <laughs> It's like you know, early nights again. And, and Put yourself three, in your three month shoes, holiday man. again. Kids here have a three month summer holiday. Uh, in Holland, we used to have a month and a half. We had six weeks. It was one of the biggest injustices growing up as a kid coming here and having to go back like midsummer already because I was starting school and knowing that these damn kids here would have another month and a half holiday. Three months. I think right. school should start. Like I'm okay with school start. I I, I think it should start early, later in the day. Like these, these kids shouldn't have to wake up at like. No, I agree. You know, uh, from depending yeah. on where you are in the world, it's anywhere between. But they six do to seven thirty. I think they the should thing start is they do school wake at up. like eleven and end at four. Give them five hours of good education. Intense. Let them run around in the mm. gym and then come mm. home. Instead, so they're just. I'm only. I'm putting That's myself in one. kids' shoes. That's all. It's not a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad. It, it takes the whole morning rush and stress out of the way as well, which is awful. Right. We have, to, we have a commute now as well. And it's, it's busy. Yeah. Um, so why did I bring that up? Brazil, Argentina. Brazil, Argentina. Ah, yes. That, that as I was having this conversation with my son, uh, telling, you know, putting him to bed and he kept coming out. And anyway, it was a stressful affair. Uh, my dad's calling me and texting me going, check out the, check out the, you're watching the game. Go to the, you know, go to the TV. I've never seen anything like this in the history. You have seen like this in my life. And I'm going, God damn, like, stop calling me. And I'm like, God, I said, go to bed. You got to go to bed because this, that, and the other. Uh, eventually I got to the TV and I saw Messi in, in, in like a, a photography like a photo uh, photographer jesus christ photographer beton photographer jersey oh okay uh yeah, yeah not just the pass he was wearing like the oh, okay uh, the outfit you know, okay yeah yeah the beton they call it here like the, the jersey yeah um and yeah you know i've seen now I'm, I'm tuned in and there's a whole political uh stunt this entire thing and a really a stain and a yeah historic but a stain on, on on south american football in brazil in particular of course uh and the ramifications the consequences i guess we'll we'll see well i, I saw that brazil can be basically um slapped down with the, the loss um yeah. and therefore argentina being rewarded the points some are saying that they'll just continue to play on the group stages as normal and this game will not even have been needed to play if they have enough points to qualify uh if that makes any sense um 
or it'll be postponed for a later date. But it, it's it's massive just because you know here in Spain it was prime time. It was nine o'clock. Mm. The you know uh, Movistar had the rights, and and it was a lot of people were tuned in, and it became you know almost a massive talking point. And uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and uh, you know, I some unusual scenes. I didn't watch it live, and I only heard it about the the next morning. I was away, and um, and there's people who cover this story more thoroughly and way better than I can ever explain it. So I don't really want to get into <laughs> yeah, it for exactly. that reason, but okay. I will just say, I think it's crazy that it got to that stage and it just wasn't prevented. This whole thing wasn't prevented in the first place. Like I know from what yeah. I understand, they, they tried to prevent it on the weekend before the game happened, but it's still like, it was a little bit confusing and there were so many different parties involved, but I, I'm just amazed that like you can, they just didn't from last week, they, they just didn't, prevent this like there's four players yeah. who have to quarantine okay so just do that it's like and then there was like then there's the whole criminal side of things where the players lied on their uh custom forms and said you know we're not uh, something there was something that there was a lie right that you know we don't need to quarantine or something like that and they they actually did so there was there's a whole there's a whole battle of this legal legal perspective and then there's the football perspective and then there's the Conmebol and the AFA and all these different things. Crazy that it got to this stage. That's all, all I really have to say. And yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It's kind of like when the only thing it reminded me of is like when the quarantine first broke out in the NBA. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah those cases. And who was it? Utah. And I want to say. I think it was Miami. I don't know. And the, and the officials running. Well, no, no. The sorry. They were in both. Miami. It was no, it was Oklahoma boxed. City because it was Gobert. Oh, it was OKC in Utah because it was OKC and Gobert had just tested positive. So, and then they, the doctors and then that run famous on the press court. conference, yeah, where he's touching the mics. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. doctors run on the court after the game has started. And they're like, "No, Gobert has been tested positive," and they cancel the game and everyone leaves the stadium. That was crazy. That was surreal to mm. see. So that kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, did we did we hit it all? We're good. Okay, cool. Proud of you. Fifth gear. Churros. Thanks. I, I dug deep, man. I dug deep. So Friday, patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. Don't forget, Kian. They want us to go away, but we're not going away. That's true. They, they can't want, they us. Want us. They want us not to record an episode, but we are going to continue to record. Sorry. Sorry, haters. We're still here. And, we're still here. Uh, and we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Every <laughs> Friday. No. Patreon.com yes. slash churros y tacticas and follow us on Twitter at churros tacticas without the Y. Thanks, Diego. Appreciate it. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. Talk Friday. Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.